0: Welcome back to our listeners. This is the 15 minute reset. And today we're going to have a topic on business. So I have with me today, Barbara Fonte, and she is a a big, big dream executive coaching. And we've been talking a little bit about pricing. So I think we're going to have a conversation today about pricing. So I want to welcome Barbara. Hi. Hi, Lori. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you. I actually get to see you this time. (laughs) I know it's so nice. So yeah, pricing. The reason why I want to have this conversation, you know, our economy is struggling. Inflation is incredibly high. Gas, groceries, everybody is paying for it. So the conversation kind of comes up. Is this the time to lower your prices, Mm -hmm. to raise your prices, Mm. or to stick it out. I know I have a personal opinion on this, but you're the expert. So let's talk pricing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think I could guess what your opinion is, is on this, Lori, because yeah, we're seeing so many, everybody's raising their prices, right? We have this, okay. So we came out of 2008 and um, the recession that we had then, and the economy was sort of slow. We had very, very low interest rates, 1%, 2%. Now we've come out of this COVID shock and everything seems to be jacked up. So uh, we're used to our, now our grocery prices have gone up, our gasoline prices have gone up. People are raising their prices so that, that they can pay their bills. So I don't think anybody is in shock anymore when somebody's raising their prices. So I think it's an expectation. But I think one of the things to consider is your customer and knowing your customer and knowing a little bit about what they can bear. You know, you and I have had several conversations on a number of different platforms about how do you price your service in the first place, right? If you've got a product, okay, so you know you've got some manufacturing costs, you've got some distribution costs and so forth, inventory, you can factor that in. If you've got a service business, well, you still have costs, right? There's costs for um, your domain, for um, all the different software that you need, for virtual assistants, if you're going that route and so forth. Um, And I think as part of that is knowing your niche. So for example, we always say, okay, well, know what your worth is. Well, that is great, but you have to know what your customer can bear. If you're a coach, for example, And you say, okay, well, I want to be that coach that has like, you know, high ticket clients, or I want to be making like $10,000 a month. You can do that, as long as your niche are people of high net value. So if you're marketing at the local country club, okay. On the other hand, if you are looking to work with people that maybe, maybe they're new entrepreneurs, and they have limited funds, that's not where you want to go there so always i always like to say keep your keep your niche and, and your customers in mind when you're deciding what to price and how much to increase it does that make sense
0: yeah no and you're you're going to guess right i mean for me it's time to raise my rates right yeah. if i if yep. i'm paying at the pump and the grocery store i need to sustain as a business and also keep a keep a roof over my head so i have to compete for the right. revenue to, you know, stay in business, but I also think at the same time, you know, I'm in the event space. So if I want people at the event and I need to put on a good good show because, you know, coming out of COVID, the events, you know, look a little different. Less people are coming. If there's a COVID spike in the community, you know, people hold back. So if I need to have a good showing, I'm up against this right now, I've got an event coming up in about a month. I'm like, Hmm, I really need extra vendors to put this on. I have raised my rates. Is it time to reduce my rates? So I get more vendors there and populate it. So I'm torn a little bit, but I also can't be accustomed to lowering my rates. And then all of a sudden them have, you know, sticker shock when, Hey, guess what? In two months, your rate just doubled. So right. I'm kind of torn, and I'm sure a lot of businesses are torn. Is it time for all those fire sales, you know, to really yeah, get the business yeah. boring?
1: And that's what I was thinking. We can get really creative with this. So, for example, um, okay, so we we saw these, like, low interest rates. I think back in, like, in May, I think interest or uh, the inflation rate went up to, like, 8%, 8 point something percent. And you say, well, okay, maybe I need to increase my rates by 8, 9%, and so forth. At the same time, you can do sort of a lock in. Hey, lock in now for the next three events. You know, lock in my services for the next, if you prepay now for the rest of this year, 2022, you're going to get the pre inflation rate. If you don't, they're going to be increased, you know. So,
0: um, it can do that all the time. I do a bundle because I don't want to sell over and over every month to the same client. So it's like, if you sign up, if you enroll now for the entire year, here's a bundle savings. And it does break down to quite a bit of an adjustment and savings because you were also talking about, even though you're a service industry business, you do have costs. It's the cost of time. Mm -hmm. My time is valuable. I have one client and I'm constantly reselling them. That's a lot of time that if I bundled them, I can actually go and spend on new business development.
1: That's right. That's right. And so I, what I have found is that even in, let's say, recessionary times, people still spend money. We think they're not going to spend people, but they're looking at value even more you know, with even more of a microscope than people had in the past. So you want to really highlight that value. And there may be areas where we can add value. Are there extras? Can you go over and and above what you do for your customers, especially for the ones that you love? You know, and um, keeping in mind what your business is like. If you're a person who has a lower ticket item, but you're making your money on volume, there's a very different way of approaching that than if you have, look, I have a, a smaller number of Clients or customers, but it's higher tickets. You know, you may be able to do things for them that you can't do en masse. But I'd say either way, creativity, innovation comes into play in these times. I, I tell you what, my team and I, we hit our first 2 million mark in 2009. And everybody was out of work. So it can be done and it can be done more easily and arguably with some more fun by getting really, really creative.
0: So here, here's the thing though. There's two different ways of selling. There's, um, uh, published rates and unpublished rates. So in coaching, (laughs) you know, you probably can customize a little bit. And even for myself, you were talking about understanding your customer's needs. So Mm -hmm. if you have that relationship with your client, you can understand their needs and say, Hey, you know, this is my price. Yes. You've seen an increase, but I'm going to add this particular value because I know it it's a good path for you in discovering and connecting with your client. So what about for people that have published rates? Is it time to publish an, a higher rate or leave it alone and just negotiate one-on-one? I mean, some people don't have that one-on-one business development relationship. Yeah. And,
1: um, I think we need to get out of this box and think outside of the nine dots, as they used to say back in the 80s, and think about distribution. Think about how you're marketing. Um, If you do a one-on-one business, maybe it's time to do group business. You know, uh, marketing differently. Um, I sold financial products to individuals for a while, and then I said, okay, no, I need to cast a wider net and get in front of more people in a shorter amount of time. So I had to change the way that I did business so that I could see more people, You know, maybe work a little bit more. Sometimes we've got to put a few extra hours in in order to get over these humps and these obstacles. Um, but I don't think it's just a matter of um, business as usual. No, not at all. Yeah, it's definitely, and no matter what anybody's doing there, we know there's like a thousand different ways to slice an apple. And there are a thousand different ways of marketing and getting that income and providing your product or service. So, getting in a think tank with people, masterminds, getting some help. There are different, like, you know, power games to get really creative and uh, come up with new ideas that um, we hadn't thought of. And I say that in going in a group because so many people are solopreneurs, right? More and more. Um, 99% of business is small business. And the overwhelming majority of that are very small businesses, meaning number of employees, number of people there. So we don't want to be working in a vacuum. It's We're going to hit some obstacles, get out there, start some groups with people that do the kind of work that you do, um, get together, help each other out, come up with some creative ideas or people that that don't sell your same product, but they're solopreneurs or small business owners.
0: And you have to reframe your community a little bit. And and Mm -hmm. you do have to break bad habits. So for example, something I've noticed with me lately, and it's a new, it's kind of new to me to do this, but um, back in the day in my advertising days, newspaper, it was knock on the door, introduce yourself, drop off a paper. Hey, what are you doing to advertise? You start, it was so much cold calling. And when I started my own business, I was grateful that I was no longer knocking on doors. I was building an email list. And this was 14 years ago when we didn't get hit with 50 emails a day and, you know, constant contact and MailChimp and everything that was so automated. So people actually did open my emails at the time. Yeah. I invited them to an event. Would you like to register, be a vendor? Yes. They sign up. Great. Great. Well, I have noticed over time, like people don't open those emails. Also, if you include an attachment or a link, sometimes it ends up in your junk. Um, And just the way I'm having to communicate. So for example, my business is still continuing with a pivot from not only events, but also to radio. So what I'm doing, instead of just sending out all these emails, I'm inviting people to an onboarding event or a Q and a, or a discovery call um, a collaboration call because discovery call often implies like, I'm going to sell you something, but if you want to collaborate, it could still end up being a sale, but you also have that one-on-one relationship and communication. And I'm going to tell you, my close rate has been pretty exceptional. I mean, uh, kind of a nine out of 10 right now because Bad I'm years. pre, Yeah. I'm pre-qualifying. If they're willing to give up their time to show up, I already know they've met the first qualifier. They're interesting. They have the desire. So And I'm just having to educate them a lot more because it is a little more out of the box in marketing than what they're doing now and what people have been kind of, you know, used to with social media, they are experiencing social media burnout. They do want something different, but they still want it, um, you know, virtual. So they like the audio content. So what I've had to do is break my bad habit of mass emails to communicate with a lot of people all at once is now I'm taking three or four Zoom calls a day, but guess what? I'm closing, I'm closing and I'm educating. And I'm actually even finding out that I'm a bit of a consultant. I'm adding another layer to my business because of this. That's great. So I heard you say you're doing
1: more Zoom calls, but you're closing more.
0: I'm closing more and I'm closing more quality, More, more quality and higher ticket items. That's great. That's awesome. So we got to break some of Congratulations. those. Bad habits. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank so you. think but outside you're... the box. And and yeah. I mean, and I'm one who hates to pick up the phone. Like I, if my phone rings, I cringe. Who's calling me? Who's <laughs> disrupting my time? You know? <laughs> but you know what? I'm doing it. I'm just being mindful of how I use the time.
1: And I'm Good. scheduling yeah. the
0: calls instead of, you know, being thrown off when it rings.
1: Yeah. I love that. So be mindful of your time. Um, get creative. You may have to do things slightly differently. Um, consider your niche. And I would say one last thing that I would add is think about your customer experience. Make it a wow. This is a great time to really take a, a deep dive into what it is to be one of your customers. Are they coming away going, wow, that was terrific. This, this service is terrific. This product is amazing. If it's not, there's an opportunity now. And so when people are spending, they're going to value your item and your service above others.
0: And also talk about what they're already doing and how you can wow them aside from, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You're not here to improve their social media or take over their social media. But what are your burdens with social media? Are you tired of scrolling and seeing the same thing? Are you just kind of, because I'll be honest with you. It's like, it took me nine years to get a little burnout Mm -hmm. of Facebook. It took me a year to get burnout on Instagram. So I was easily convinced that something new was right for me, you know? I mean, for me, Facebook, I was into it for a pretty long time, maybe because I was also a new mom and I used it not only for business, but so much for, you know, just my regular personal social connections. But with Instagram, as I scroll and scroll, I'm bored. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. So with like yeah, internet too. radio, you and I have talked about I know. Here we go. This won't be a 15 minute reset if we start talking about social media, oh, but no. I mean, I'm uh, just bored of it, honestly. Yeah. So I'm ready to move on. And if you introduce something to your clients, that is a great replacement from that boredom or where are stuck, you know, really focus on how you can get them unstuck. Yeah. And you know what you're right. It doesn't have to, you don't have
1: to reinvent the wheel but you can do little things. If you're a person that, let's say you help people create email funnels or content for their social media or whatever it is, you're working with business owners. Hey, what if you sent them a t-shirt with their business logo on it? Mm. You know, people love that stuff. Somebody did that to me and I was like, this is amazing, I love it. You know, and it just gave me like a happy feeling toward this provider. You know, yes, that might cost you a few dollars, but you can increase your price more than that to make up for that extra cost. Plus inflation and so forth, and um, and, and they'll take your the call. experience, and they'll take your call.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they'll take your call. That little gift, that little bribery. That's you know, right. I those are great tips. So why don't we go ahead and leave it at that? I think okay. this is this is a wonderful reset for anybody with a business who's thinking about their pricing. You know, reframe the pricing from value and relationships and how you can connect with client, the right fit client, maybe in in a better way. So Barbara, um, I'm gonna add for our podcast. I will drop your information in show notes for our radio listeners. Tell us how to find you.
1: You can find me at Big Dream Executive Coaching. Uh, I'm also on Instagram a little bit and LinkedIn, Barbara Fonti at big uh, and my website is Big Dream Executive Coaching, which is the name of my business. And you can find out more
0: there. Instagram a little bit, but not doing a dance. <laughs> not, I'm not doing dances. Sorry
1: guys. You wouldn't me want me to anyway.
0: You would not want me to. We'll do another 15-minute reset on that. <laughs> All right, Barbara. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Lori.